Um, as I said earlier on, we're very aware that lots of people have joined the church in the last two or three months. And uh, it's wonderful and we're thrilled. Um, one of the things, though, that is a consequence of that is a number of folk are thinking, why do you do this? Why do you do it like this? And especially those of you that have moved into the area and you've been in another kind of church uh, before coming here, uh, some of what we do seems a little bit idiosyncratic. And what I thought today is I just look at one of the things that we do and try and explain a little bit about why we do it and also uh, try and uh, do a little bit of teaching on how you can be involved. And that's what we do often at the end of services, sometimes in the middle of services, um, which is we pray for people and we ask the Holy Spirit to meet people. And um, uh, again, I don't, know, I don't think anyone's got any objections to that. I've not heard that. But many people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether that involves me. What happens if I go forward? Um, what will they do to me? And questions like that, which when you've been doing it for years, we've been doing this for 30 years, you, you, don't, you, you forget that for some people, that's quite new. So I'm going to try and explain what's going on there. Uh, we want to be a church um, that uh, is full of, the, of God's presence. We want to be a, a presence-soaked church because God's presence changes everything. Um, better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. Better is one day. Better, I just want to be in your presence. I, uh, the psalmist kept saying that again and again and again. And um, uh, there's, there's different kinds of knowledge. Um, there's, there's intellectual knowledge, but then there's also revelation knowledge. And that doesn't just happen in a sense in the Christian life, but there's two kinds of knowledge in, in other areas of life. I just want to give a very quick example before I explain why I'm saying this. Um, there is a truth that is a truth um, that's an objective truth that is absolutely true, but some of you, you do not know the truth in this area, and therefore the truth cannot set you free. And because you don't know the truth, you're living a, a less rich life as a result. Some of you, though, you know the truth intellectually and you know about this truth, but then there's others of you, it's not just you know about it, you live this truth. This truth lives in you, you've experienced it. And I am talking about this truth. Greek food is the best in the world. There are, it's better than Italian food, it's better than French food, Yes, Mr. Rotelli in Bari is better than Italian food. It's better than Lebanese food, than Mexican food, than Indian food, than Chinese food, than Thai food, than English food, than, I mean, well, and, and then, than, than, than any of that. that. That's an objective truth. But not all of you know that. Not all of you believe that. And I pray for you that you would come into the fullness of life. But there are others of you, you know that this is true because you've heard it said, because you've heard it spoken to from the pulpit by God's man of faith and power. 
And so you, you, you know that truth, but you haven't experienced the truth. You haven't lived the truth. You don't know it from first hand because you have never eaten Greek food. And then when you do, it's like the lights come on. Revelation has come. And it's not something you need to remember. It's just something you know in your knower. That's what it's like to come to know Jesus. That's the, ah, yes, it is. That's exactly what it's like. Taste and see that the Lord is good, says the psalmist. And, and there's knowledge about Jesus. There's not, but, but what the Holy Spirit does is he comes and he switches on the lights. And it's like, oh my word, I knew about you, but now I, I know you, I experience you. I, I live in your presence and it changes everything. And in his presence, there is healing. And, and the best way I can describe what we want to do in this church is we want to be a presence-soaked church, a church that is soaked in his presence so that when people come through the door, and they do, and they say, what, there's something here that I just know. I don't understand it, but I sense that there is something different. And that something different is his presence. And that doesn't happen by accident. That happens when we pursue when we pursue him, when we pursue his presence. And uh, uh, um, at one point, uh, Moses says to the Lord in Exodus chapter 33, unless your presence goes with us, we will not get up from here. For what else will distinguish us from all the other peoples on the face of the earth, except that your presence goes with us. And the Holy Spirit is God's God here. Uh, the, Jesus comes and lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit reveals the Father and the Son. So the first thing that we, we do when we pray for people, the first thing we want to do before anything else, I believe in healing. I believe in the prophetic. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But the most important thing is that people encounter Jesus, that they soak in his presence. And that's why we spend some time waiting. You might have noticed that when people come up for prayer, we don't do loads of talking. We ask the Holy Spirit to come because the best thing, the healing comes. God speaks when, when we are in his presence. And every service before, before the service starts, I, 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 we're praying. I'm, I pray, Lord, as we worship you, as we worship May you inhabit the praises of your people. Psalm 22, verse 3. May we know that you are here because in God's presence there is healing. In God, the power is in the presence. And this is for all of us. In the Old Testament, only certain people were anointed with the Holy Spirit. And they were prophets, priests, and kings. And on one occasion, a donkey. Prophets, priests, and kings. And they were anointed for special functions. Now, with the coming of Jesus, that has all changed. There is not an anointed few. That's one of our core beliefs in this church. And some of you have come from churches where you believe that some, there are some anointed men of God, some anointed women of God. I believe with all my heart, there is, I've only ever met one anointed man of God and his name is Jesus. 
He is the anointed one. But what we get to do is share his anointing. It's his anointing. The anointing that was on him rests on you. It says in the scripture, plural, church. And, and the reason that I think this is so important is because when we look to a few Christian version of celebrities, then we're always looking for them to do the magic. We're always looking for them. When I first became a Christian, I, I used to look for, for the, the, who, who was the anointed prophet. And I'd travel for miles to stand in a queue, hoping that God would speak to me through that person. Or, or the, some, another anointed person, that when they prayed for me, something would happen. And I didn't realise that it's for everyone. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples, not just on prophets, priests and kings, do you know what Peter quoted? He quoted Joel and he said this, chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Not just prophets, priests, kings, and a donkey. Not just a few, but all God's people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. These are the days that the prophet Joel was talking about. He wants to, he pours out his spirit on every believer, on all his people, on all flesh. And this is a gift for all of us. And the reason this is important is because we believe in this church with all our hearts that the whole ministry of Jesus is for the whole church of Jesus. It's for all of us. God says, when it comes to the ministry of Jesus, everyone can play. The only rule is play nicely and share the toys. And we just want to teach people to, to pray nicely. And uh, I'll just say this quick, because we want to we be like the church of the Acts of the Apostles. Listen. There's so many, we could do a conference on this, but just listen to these two scriptures. Uh, Acts 5, beginning at verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared ask them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Never, the, Sorry, no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought those who were ill into the streets and lay them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing those who were ill and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. And all of them were healed. And if you think it's because there was something special about Peter, Phil was just an ordinary, you know, listen to this, chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. 
when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they didn't just hear what he said, they saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. You know, when you know someone that gets healed, when God speaks a word that only he could, that he could have known about through his servants, people pay attention. I've seen it so many times. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And my prayer is that there will be great joy in this town because of this stuff. And that's what we're aiming for. And that's what we're longing for. And so during our meetings, every single meeting, we make space to pray for people. And uh, I want to just, in the last little bit, I just want to encourage you about what happens when we pray. Because we'd love those of you that are a little bit hesitant to, to feel confident in coming forward. If you come forward, um, no one's going to embarrass you. No one's going to, they're not going to do what I do to people. Um, you know, no one's going to repeat everything you say. Uh, um, they're just going to pray for you and they're not going to make you do anything. You know, I, I've seen people who've come forward who are not used to, they, and they say, how do I receive? And here's the way not to receive. And I've seen it so many times. You know, people come and they, they get prayed for and they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, and I always say to them, could you stop doing that, please? Could you stop praying? Just relax in the paddock. Take a chill pill. We'll do the praying. Just receive. It's really hard to receive when you're oh, like that. And so we, we just want to say, just relax. If it helps, and it probably does, to, to not focus on anything else, just close your eyes and just be still. And then what we do is, is others will pray that the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then what we do is we just wait for a while. Someone will probably lay a hand gently on your shoulder because that's what the Bible says, to lay hands just gently on your shoulder. And then we'll pray. And if you come for prayer for healing, say you have a bad left knee. At some stage, someone will pray a simple prayer. And Jesus' prayers for healing were simple. Have you noticed that? See, hear, walk. So it can just be a simple, um, in Jesus' name, we speak healing to this knee and then we wait and then when you feel you've had enough prayer you open your eyes and you say thank you and no one's going to say to you oh no we've got another 20 minutes to go you know I think some people struggle to come forward because they think when will they let me go the moment you want to go so you say thank you and they say great great and and, but that's what we want to do for one another, for one another. Now, very quickly, because I'm running out of time, um, we, we would love more people to come and pray. Now, in some churches, there is a trained, holy, spiritual ministry team that does it. Um, we've never been able to find those people in this church. And so we've gone to plan B. And plan B is... If you love Jesus and breathe oxygen, you're it. You're it. And, and some of you are thinking, wait a minute, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not holy enough. I don't know Jesus well enough. Well, I want to address that. You are not spiritual enough. You are not holy enough. 
and you don't know Jesus well enough. And I'm convinced of that. And neither do I. But he wants to use us anyway in our weakness. So don't wait until you're spiritual enough. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Now, God wants to use you now. And he wants to use you in your weakness. And do you have to know a lot? Do you have to go through loads of training sessions? Well, we're going to try and do a few training sessions in the next few months. But you know what? I'm going to do some training now, right? What you do is you stick out a hand and you say, go on, Lord. Or a really great prayer is help. And then you just do that. And you don't have to, you, you don't have to pray a long prayer. You don't have to recite the creed. You don't have to fly. You don't have to do it. You just wait. You make space. And then you know what? The more we pray, the more we grow in it, the more we learn. And this is for everyone. Everyone can hear God's voice. It's your birthright. It's your birthright to hear the voice of Jesus. It's, it's for, it, that's what it says here. It's for everyone. So stop waiting for the prophets to turn up. We're a prophetic people. That's what we're meant to be. And, and, and the only thing that we want to train people in, to be honest, is, is to be nice and is to be kind. You know, and, and if someone comes up for prayer, it, it's obvious. It's like, hello, um, my name's Mike. What's your name? Um, I just need your first name so I know who I'm praying for. You know, I can say, Lord, I pray for Cindy. You know, and then it's like, where does it hurt? Or what is it you'd like prayer for? Sometimes it's obvious because we're asking people to respond in a particular way. So you just say, I've got a bad left knee or I've got a crisis in my family or I just need the Lord's peace or, or I, I've got a big decision to make and I don't know what to do. And then it's not a counselling session. We say to people, don't counsel. It's not about that. It's we ask Jesus by his spirit. And as Jesus meets with you, what happens is he, 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 we pray that he will deal with what we're praying for, but also that you will soak in his presence because that's what we all need to soak in his presence. That's why we take time. And what we've noticed as that happens more and more, people change. People change and people really do get set free. Now, is everyone we pray for for healing get healed? No, no. But does everybody we witness to, does every time we, we, we talk to people about Jesus, do they always become Christians? Not always, no. Does that mean we stop talking to people about Jesus? We stop doing evangelism? Of course not. Just because not everyone gets healed doesn't mean we stop praying for healing. And what we don't believe here is that if you're not healed, it's because either you've got, um, you lack faith, um, you've got secret sin in your life, or you've got demons. You, we don't believe that. You might have all three. And there's a, no, I was going to make a joke. But we don't believe that that's it. We believe, we believe in a theology of the, the kingdom is now and not yet. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead, he broke the power of the enemy. He broke his power. But what we live in, it's 
It's between the first and the second coming. Is there still sickness in this world? Yes, there is. Is everything as it should be? No, it isn't. When he returns, everyone will be whole. The lion will lie down with the lamb. Every tear will be wiped from our eyes when we see him face to face. But in the meantime, we're commanded to be a kingdom people and to do the kingdom business that he's told us to, which is preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, feed the hungry, house the homeless, all that stuff. Love one another as he loved us. Love our neighbours. All of that stuff to be his kingdom people. And you know what? That's how the kingdom advances when we do the stuff. So we're going to, the more we do it, the more we grow in it. If you've never seen anyone healed when you've prayed, you haven't prayed for very many. A friend of mine called David Parker, he prayed for a couple of people when he heard about this and he, they weren't healed. And he went to this guy, John Wimber, who we've learned a lot from. And he said, could I have some time with you? Um, I, I prayed for a couple of people and they've not been healed. And I just need you to, I need you to teach me. And John Wimber said, no. And David said, why? And John Wimber said, pray for your first thousand. Once you prayed for a thousand, come back and we'll talk more. And then he said, John Wimber walked away smiling. And David Parker realized what was going on. After he prayed for his first thousand, he wasn't going to need to talk. He wasn't going to need to talk. The more we do, the more we see and the more we grow. And I want to encourage you. This ministry is for everybody. It's in this church. It's the whole of Jesus. And what we do is, the, the question some people will ask, my last one thing is, yeah, but if you open it up to everyone, won't you get some one or two crazy people that will come and, and do, I mean, can we trust them to pray? Yeah, yes, there might be one or two, but we watch out for them. We as pastors, we're on the lookout. And if someone does something that's just, that's not according to our values, that's not kind, that's a bit weird, we'll chat with them. But the alternative is we never do anything. It's messy in the nursery. It's neat and tidy in the graveyard. And we want the mess of the nursery where there's new life all the time rather than the neatness and tidiness of the graveyard where we never have any headaches and we never have any problems because we never open it up. And, and so we want to make sure so what we do is if someone does something that is just a bit strange, we gently and kindly say to them, that's, that's not how we want to do that. But you know what? That doesn't happen very often. This is a safe place and we're all together. And so I want to encourage you, if you ever want prayer, just come forward. And when, we, when, we, when we've got lots, sometimes we've got lots of people wanting prayer and you'll notice the pastors, Andy and John, and Nicola and Juliet and others, have you noticed that they come around looking for someone uh, to pray for people? And you, you see them coming in your direction. And I watch it from here. I watch it. And you see them coming. And I've seen you all do it. And they come to, in your direction. And as soon as you notice them, you're suddenly... <laughs> and it's like... Uh, uh, 
You know, I'm, I'm so lost in wonder, love and praise. I, I haven't noticed you. And you don't have to do that. You just say, no, thank you. And that's all right. No one's going to think terribly of you. It's just that you're not in a place where you, you know, no one's going to force you to pray for anyone. But obviously, but what I'm saying is, go for it. When you start seeing God meet with people, it's great fun. My last year's interns, um, they, when we started, they didn't, they didn't know what they were doing and they were like, oh. And then they started, we went around the world and then they started praying for people and they were shocked when as they prayed, God did it. Oh my goodness. And then, and then after about five, six months, um, they would say, um, I just wonder, I had this thought, does this mean anything to you? It does. Oh my goodness. It might be. And by the end, you know what? They were coming up in meetings and they were giving words over the microphone. It took a year, but they're hooked. I want us to be hooked on the ministry of the Spirit. We want us to be hooked, not me, we, because we see the fruit.